welcome to another episode of First and 16, brought to you by the Barker Media, the League Year 10 pod. I'm your host, Chris Ferreira, and on this special mid-season episode, I got two members of the league on with me, one a recurring guest and another first-timer popping his cherry. Alex Whiting is in the house right now. How you doing tonight, Alex? Well, first of all, woo, 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 woo. but I'm doing very well. <laughs> excited to be on finally we couldn't uh get the time right last week but i'm here now yeah you got your woo girl drinking your Michelob ultra hey well that's first because you know it's least favorite to favorite exactly and then also recurring uh coming on at the second time marcus polares marcus how you doing tonight hello everyone i'm doing great and it's so nice did it twice so Ooh. nice like couscous so nice they named it twice so we got a lot to recap. This was a busy sports weekend. Um, again, we like to talk about football here, but there's a lot going on this weekend. Uh, there was a UFC fight. That was pretty uh, fun to watch. And then the World Series was this weekend. Uh, congratulations to all the Dodger fans for uh, getting off the schneid 32 years. Um, did you guys have a good uh, sports viewing weekend, whether it was football or UFC or anything? Alex? I did. I saw... Uh... When the Dodgers blew the, uh, the which was that game four? Game four, yeah. Game four, yeah. Uh, I was watching. I was actually at a Halloween party, and then everybody was just like gathering inside. I was like, "Oh yeah, the game's on." So I was able to. I think I watched from the fifth inning on, and uh, I couldn't believe it though that play. I was like, "What's going on?" Like I didn't realize till they slowed it down that he didn't catch the ball at the plate. Mm -hmm. That was an insane end to that game. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a World Series game end on like with two errors on the last play. Marcus, how was your weekend? Oh, thing just as great that uh, blowing four as like as soon as it happened, I just went straight to the shitter. And, like just <laughs> had, an, had an angry shit. <laughs> had one of those. Yes, uh, all the so time. My big my big takeaway from that was that you can never say that baseball players are better athletes than football players now. It's true. That was my big thing. That sparked a thing, uh, fire on the internet for me. Um, the Khabib the fight was my main attraction. I can't believe he retired afterwards. That went, but then when you hear the story about his uh, his dad passing away and the promise he made to his mom, I wonder if he'll. You think he'll ever he'll come back in a couple of years, or you think he's done, Marcus? Um, I don't know. The dude's really too much to prove anything else. You know, mm -hmm. no one's really been able to keep up with them at all. Uh, the only fight that he's said that he'd be interested after this fight, even before now, was GSP. But even then, you're asking two retired guys to come out of retirement to go fight each other. Yeah. And granted, they're still, you know, capable of fighting. It's not like Jones and Tyson. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I honestly think he's done. I mean, uh, uh, GSP said he doesn't really have an interest in fighting him. And, I think Khabib's pretty much done. He's one yeah. of those guys that's going to stick to his word. From an outside perspective, because I don't really know UFC like that, I would say he's done just because Khabib seems like a a serious dude. So when he's saying, I'm done, I feel like he's one of the guys who's like, hey, I, I said it, I'm done. Yeah. And he seems... My word like, is my word. I remember when he fought Connor and he was like, Connor was just, you know, fucking with him and trying to just do jokes. And like, it's like every joke Connor would try to uh, do at him it would like go right over Khabib's head and he took everything super seriously. So I feel like this is a guy who everything he says, he really, really means it. Business. Yep. He's all business. So it would have been sick to see him go for 30, and zero, but uh, 
an outstanding career. But now let's move to some football news. Before we get into the games, big news at the beginning of the week, uh, and one of these is, you know, really benefiting Alex right now. Two superstar wide receivers that have been off on the shelf for the last year, Antonio Brown and Des Bryant pop into the news. Both line. Brown, at the beginning of the week, we thought it was going to Seattle, which pissed me off. I was like, great, give Russ another receiver. <laughs> and then the Buccaneers come in and swoop him. Tom signed him up. And uh, Des Bryant gets signed by the Ravens on their practice squad. Alex, who's going to be a more important signing and how excited are you to have him <laughs> on your fantasy team now, Antonio Brown? Um, not just because I but I think it's going to be Antonio Brown uh, because uh, Brady's to was it Scotty something? Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller. And Antonio Brown's gonna take his spot. Um and I feel that it's he's gonna be that strong slot receiver because Godwin has been in and out of injuries. Mike Evans has been dealing with injuries all year. Mm-hmm. So I feel he's gonna really just jump to Brown I feel like immediately, like they already had a little rapport when he was in New England. And I know Brady pushed for this. So I feel like there's probably some connection there. I feel Lamar is going to have to get used to Des Bryant when he gets on there and rolling. So I feel that it's going to be AB. I think he's going to have the better year. And I just already thought AB was a better receiver as well. Yeah. Marcus, what do you think about either of those signings? Um, I kind of agree with Alex. I think AB is going to be have a little more action just because he's going to fit. He's, it's literally the same spot as Scotty Miller or Chris God. Um, as far as Des go, so you get him on the practice squad and he's probably be there for two weeks before he gets pulled up. But I mean, I don't think he's going to do too much, maybe a couple uh, red zone targets, but he's going to be that old head that has that experience and playing and everything. And a b- bunch of these young wide receivers are going to learn a lot from him. So it's exciting Definitely. to see Des back in the league. Yeah, it's, it, I like seeing Des back in the league. Last time we saw him, he got signed by New Orleans, and everyone like thought that was going to be such an awesome signing. And then he, what did he do? Like tear his Achilles, like that first. Yep. Yeah, right. that was sad. That sucked. So he's been out like two plus years now. I think it might take him a little bit, but who knows? Maybe by playoff time, he has like a rapport because that's where Lamar. Lamar's already proved everything during the regular season, winning an MVP and stuff. It's like he can't win in the playoffs, so maybe Des will help him out there and everything. Well, I've been saying about Lamar is that Lamar needs a solid one. Like mm-hmm. they drafted Marquise Brown, but Marquise Brown is a five, nine burner. Yeah. Um, he, I know he put on like 23 pounds of muscle this off season, but still he looked like he was ready to prove something. Uh, yeah, totally. So really awesome signings. It's awesome to have uh, I mean, we don't really have, I mean, maybe OBJ is the only real like, diva receiver that we have we're growing up we used to see so many diva receivers whether it was to whether it was ocho cinco steve smith like these big personalities so it's nice to have these two guys back in the nfl to kind of maybe because des was a big personality and ab yeah oh my god that personality he's crazy <laughs> he's crazy i was i was mad for a second when the ab reports came out that he might go to seattle because i have dk so mm-hmm. i was like are you kidding me yeah. oh <laughs> Like, why you got messed up? But then, as soon as they said he was going to the Bucks, I, was like, I need to get him. Yeah. Um, let's stick on wide receivers right here. OBJ, uh, he gets hurt in the very beginning of the game for the Browns. Brutal injury. I feel terrible for him, but the Browns were able to actually – Baker started that game 0-5, and 
And I blame, honestly, the injury on Baker. He throws that pick and makes OBJ have to go make a tackle where he ends up hurting himself. My question, though, is the Browns looked so much better when OBJ was out of the game because they went back to running the ball and didn't have to force feed him. Does the, our Browns, are the Browns, or maybe I should say Baker Mayfield, a better team without OBJ? Or are they going to miss OBJ a lot more, Marcus? Uh, there's no way the Browns are better without OBJ. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm an OBJ hater. Uh, I really just started with the giants, but, um, mm. dude's talent's crazy. Uh, I can see the point, whatever making that Baker might not have. Cause when you're forcing things, you're, you know, you're not doing what you're naturally good at. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that like OBJ was probably crying for the ball or anything. People will say that. I don't think that's him now, mm-hmm. but when you have that kind of talent, quarterback is really going to try to force a few every now and then, you know? Yeah. And I think that, I think so. I can understand why people think they're better or Baker might be better, but as a team as a whole, no, like there's going to be a play where you're like, shit, OBJ would have caught that. OBJ would have caught that type of thing. Uh-huh. Alex, what do you think? I definitely think the worst without him uh, because he always add that has that uh, um, explosive playability because – of course, he's their best receiver. Of course, they have uh, Jarvis Landry, but he's as explosive as OBJ is. Um, I felt OBJ just, you always got to watch him. Of course, they're going to watch Landry, but I feel OBJ adds another factor to the team. Of course, yeah, for speeding him, uh, you know what that does to some teams because I feel mm-hmm. he is an elite talent, but I would say as the years have been going lately, um, He's not, I would say, the top premier receivers of this league that you force feed. Mm-hmm. Like, say, like a DeAndre Texans. Like, he caught everything. You force feed the ball to OBJ. The plays weren't always happening. Yeah, I agree. Do you guys think OBJ is on the Browns next year after he recovers? Or do you think that this is a potential way that Cleveland moves off of him? That's a great question. I never thought it- about because what ha- I mean, I think it really depends on how they do, because if the Browns stick to that ground game and Baker starts to develop more, not having to force feed and they go into the playoffs and make some noise, maybe he gets moved. But if the ship sinks, maybe they bring him back because uh, I don't know, maybe he is that safety valve for Baker. Huh. Is his contract up at all or no? I believe he's still under contract with them, but there were all of these, these rumors that he was going to get traded, especially when the Browns got their teeth kicked in by the Steelers and they lost in that first game. So I was wondering if you thought maybe he'd get moved. What do you think, Alex? I'd say it matters what um, moves the Browns make because what are they? They're five and two. Yeah. Um, No, there's been some rumors recently about um, the Browns potentially going after Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, what Stefanski, of course, was the offensive coordinator of the Vikings. Yep. And there's that connection there. And, of course, the Vikings announced that they're open to trading a lot of their top players. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Stefanski to that, I mean, Thielen to that offense would be an easy fit and an easy adjustment. And I feel like, say, they went and made a trade, say they trade a second-round pick or something, or third-round pick for Thielen. Mm-hmm. Um of course, he gets paid drastically less than OBJ, and he is older. So I could see them moving on and then maybe trying to produce another receiver um, if they do well with Adam because if if it all works out, OBJ, why do you need him? Yeah, it's true. Maybe they'll send OBJ to Minnesota, and he can rehab for a year. Nah, I don't want that. that <laughs> I don't want the players right now. Yeah. Contract. Yeah. <laughs> 
definitely a rookie money. Yeah, you're saving that money for uh, a big old boy from Clemson. Trevor Lawrence, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and the Jets did. Okay, I don't want to jump ahead, but man, piss me off. <laughs> I know the Jets are <laughs> stupid Jets. Uh, we're, ta- we're talking about passing games. Uh, Steelers and Titans put on, it was like a tale of two halves. Steelers dominated in the first half. Big Ben and that offense was like unstoppable. Deontay uh, Johnson and Juju were just tearing them up. The Titans couldn't do anything. Second half, it was the complete opposite. Ben threw three picks and Tannehill and that offense was able to uh, bring them all the way back till they lost by three. Are the Steelers, they're the only unbeaten team left. They're six and oh. Um, Do you think the Steelers are the favorites right now in the AFC or is some other team the favorite, Marcus? Uh, that's a tough thing to say because, yeah, there's two other guys in the AFC named uh, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, that defense is just uh, relentless. Yeah. You know, they're flying everywhere. Lamar uh, does have a good defense, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, it was a steel curtain. It's been a tradition there, and it seems like they're carrying on that tradition. I was listening, again, the quote Ryan Clark again, I listen to him a lot, mm-hmm. but somebody asked him about like how to deal with Derrick Henry he's like it's gonna be weird but those guys are psychos and they're excited to go against somebody like that you know yeah and I think that's what kind of puts the Steelers over the edge like they're not really afraid of a Pat Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson thing you know they're ready they're they're gritty and they're ready to go so a decision to say because it's so hard to bet against those guys but Mm -hmm. until that defense shows some weaknesses or people figure it out I mean, Steelers are going to come out of the AFC, I think. This weekend is uh, Steelers versus Ravens, their first matchup of the year. Uh, who's going to win that game, uh, Alex, and why? I think that the Ravens are going to win the game. I think that – I feel like Lamar's – he's been trending up. Like, he had that rough start to the season, and I feel mm-hmm. he's just going to start and continue to trend upwards. I mean, if it's passing or running – uh, I know they're trying to get Marquise Brown more involved. Um, I feel that J.K. Dobbins has just been stepping up here and there. Mm-hmm. I, after last week, I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't believe in Big Ben. Yeah, that defense is carrying them. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in Big Ben because that was they played a tough team, and if it wasn't for Gustafsson that kick, they were going mm-hmm. overtime. I agree. I think that. And I'll say it, I think Big Ben is the the major weakness with that team. I think that team in Pittsburgh is, if you put maybe any other quarterback on there, uh, and not saying Ben's washed up or anything, he's still good for a 38-year-old, but I think you, if you were to put like a Mahomes, a Lamar, and Aaron Rodgers on that team, they would probably win the Super Bowl easily. But he's the wild card factor on that team. Chris, is mm-hmm. he, I'm going to go on a hot take here, here is he the worst uh, quarterback in his division. Ooh, that's probably so. I don't think so because I still think he's better than Baker Mayfield right now. Because Baker Mayfield had a really good game, but Baker Mayfield's been struggling. He's going like off and on. This was the first bad Big Ben game uh, against Tennessee, and he was playing a good team. Now Tennessee doesn't have a good defense, but Big Ben before this game, I think he had like a 11 touchdowns to one interception for this game. So. I still think he's better than Baker, but I definitely think Burrow has 
surpassed him. Burrow might be the best quarterback in that division. Now that's right. probably that's probably shade thrown at Lamar because I need Lamar to get back to what he was doing last year, throwing the ball. He's definitely the most athletic, but Burrow looks nice. Burrow looks real good. Um, Burrow trying to keep my boy Justin Jefferson for a rookie of the year. I know. <laughs> Jefferson's balling. Looking at your team, here's a here's a. I, you guys see the fa- the end of the Falcons game last week? Um, <laughs> oh my did, god! Did you see the interview? Or it wasn't even an interview. It was actually they had a hot mic on Matt Matt Ryan at the end of that game, who specifically in the huddle tells Todd Gurley, "Get the first down and fall down." And if anybody who didn't see the game, the Saints were down only two. Todd Gurley, the Lions let him run through the middle. They don't even try to tackle him. The safety barely like tries to tackle him. And Gurley, who's supposed to just fall down so they can kick the game when he field goal, falls into the end zone on accident, scores, trying not to. And the Lions end up driving all the way back down the field and scoring in on the very last play of the game and winning. Um, what did you think of that, Marcus? First, Gurley was on your fantasy team, but uh, the, the whole – craziness of not scoring to try to win um so you guys can take that one on me all you uh falcon fans i I called in and let my boy todd know like hey dude i'm trying to get this uh cold eat you alive award so i need another touchdown it looked like he was trying to fall but he reached for me and helped me out a little bit but i I get it the, the strategy of it and everything it's just comical he tried to fall like i think the safety gave him just un. actually if the safety doesn't come up like he probably just takes a knee right there. I think he's enough unbalanced to just fall in. Can the Falcons lose in any more unique, ridiculous fashion? <laughs> How many more times? Yeah, like it's I ain't gonna flip taking a knee or something and fumble the ball. Like <laughs> I feel like they're not done messing yet. Cause uh what that team, I don't know what is going on. They have so many weapons on offense. Like I thought they were gonna blow teams out the water. I know they're they have no cornerbacks out there, but I don't know what's wrong with them. Like, I'd hate to be a Falcons fan right now. Are they cursed? Isn't your brother a Falcons fan? He is, unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, rough, rough season for the Falcons. I think I cursed them last year. I was in Reno, and I was going to bet money on the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl. And instead, I chickened out because I was like, I can't be a homer and bet on my team. So I bet 100 bucks on the Falcons to go to the Super Bowl. And last year was a disaster, and it's just continued. I I feel like I might have cursed them. But that whole city of Atlanta is just cursed right now for sports. They've been cursed since they lost to the Patriots. Yeah, they still haven't gotten over that. (laughs) Never recovered. Never recovered. Speaking of the Patriots, the Patriots, for the first time since 2002, have lost three games in a row. They get embarrassed by the 49ers. It's even worse because the 49ers have no healthy players, and they go into Foxborough and give Bill Belichick his worst home loss of the season. Um, Are the Patriots done? Is Cam Newton done, or is this team still salvageable, Alex? I feel Cam Newton's going to come back strong. I don't know what happened. He had a strong start. Oh, it's COVID out here messing him up. <laughs> Can't breathe out there in the field. Uh, throwing three picks, again, bent. Like, I don't know what's going on. He, looks, he looks so good against the Seahawks, and it's like, where'd that guy go? It's night and day right now. I don't understand it. Like, I had a lot of hope for Cam, but he's making me regret that hope. I heard a rumor that Stefan Gilmore could be on the trading block if Bill wants to blow this thing up and try to get good things. Do you think that's an option? Do you think Bilicek could tank Marcus, or is he too worried about trying to compete with Brady right now to try to see who ends stronger? 
uh, I think that's a name. When you're a champion like that, when, when you have all those Super Bowl rings, there is a it's in you. Those people that are great have are great because they have that competitive edge. Yeah, I don't know if I could imagine a seeing Bill or a Patriot team tanking. Like I just don't see that happening. I could see them maybe trading people to get into a better position, but I still think, like Alex said, even with how bad they looked, they could still be competing for a potential wild card spot. But I could see them trading Gilmore, but not tanking. Because if they wanted to tank already, would have and Cam, um, then trading Gilmore because they always trade players when they're getting older. I think Gilmore's going on 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel Bilicek is infamous for trading uh, great players towards the end of their well, when they get closer to the 30s. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if they traded Gilmore, but I feel it's more or less likely to happen. Yeah. The words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I think so too. And if they did, Gilmore would be a hot commodity on the trade market. Everyone needs cornerbacks. Chris, yeah. With, with, with Tom being so hot, is it safe to say now that Tom's the winner between him and Belichick? Dude, it was like, you know, I felt like Tom in the standings, I felt like the beginning of the year, Belichick was like that horse right out the gate, took a big lead because Tom didn't play so well against the Saints and the and Cam plays so good against Seattle. So it's like, damn, Belichick, maybe that was, he's the quarterback whisperer, but it's kind of come back to earth the last two weeks. And I think the Charger game for Tom and this last game, Tom's in the lead right now. Tom versus uh, Bill. I think Tom's winning that matchup right now. He looked so good last week. Five t- total touchdowns. I know Alex was loving that. Alex got him on his fantasy team. How much are you loving Tom Brady this year, Alex? I just want to speak um, to my boy Tom Brady. I just want to say that uh, I told everybody at the draft he is going to go off. And I feel like the, the, the first couple games was like his preseason. Because mm-hmm. after that, been I think it's since two, um, he's had the most touchdowns. I think yeah. he went uh, He went uh, 15 touchdowns and one interception. Brady has something to prove, and they continue to give him weapons. This is the most loaded team he's ever been on offensively, and I feel the defense is stepping up. They're looking so good. Seven games in, Brady has 18 touchdowns. Brady's looking good. The Bucks look like arguably the best team in the NFC right now. All right, so, yeah, that's enough about Tom Brady, the GOAT. We're going to move on to now probably my least favorite subject, uh, first, Marcus, as a Washington football team fan, have we reached the point that we no longer have to talk about the Cowboys? Uh, I think so. Every year, the Cowboys are all some kind of talk. And Stephen A. Smith, if I'm being honest, because he absolutely hates the Cowboys or Cowboys mm-hmm. fans. And I'm on board with them, too. I just think it's uh, it's a good thing for the rest of the NFL to get noticed. All these fantastic rookies and everything getting noticed. Um, and we just don't ha- we don't have to talk about the Cowboys anymore. Yeah. No, nobody's doing great. No one's killing it. Nothing's really happening over there. It's a very media. I mean, without Andy Dalton getting killed, I mean, no one's talking about the Cowboys right now at all. No. Besides the fact that they're in the worst division in that uh, in the NFL. NFL. Alex, <laughs> we didn't talk about Carson Wentz winning in a dogfight against Daniel Jones earlier, but who's going to win this disgusting division? I think that the Cowboys honestly have a good chance. They do have a lot of talent on that team. But, of course, with Dak going down, I could see the Cowboys making some trades and trying to – the division is 
very much within reach that division i think the most has two wins yeah damn near uh, washington has one win right mm-hmm. two now oh that oh that's right yeah my screen my screen just cut back to marcus and he's wearing his hat <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing his racist hat i just want to yes. say that <laughs> i think i think if if uh if alex smith gets put in i think washington could win this division i would think he go. could break his leg if he gets put in yeah I'm scared for him. I really think Washington's going to win the division. We've already played what's probably going to be the toughest team in the Rams this year. Mm-hmm. And with both the Ravens, too, we lost to them. But we hit, we already hit the hard part, you know. And I think rosario has got these guys fired up. I mean, literally just beat cancer. Of course, he could beat the NFC East. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I think uh, 49ers juniors of last year mm-hmm. type of thing where we don't really have too much of an offense, but that front four, actually front five, really, is just so dominant. It might be able to help us win games. Your defense is nasty. You guys got a good defense. Over, under, six and a half wins for the winner of the division. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> don't be like Seattle and go seven and nine and win the division. Mark, Marcus is going to take the under. <laughs> under. You know what, though? Like, they need to feed Gibson. Yeah, that's your guy. Need to feed Gibson. Get Mick, Mick Sick, whatever his name is. Get him out Get him out the game, man. He's taking Bring away my AP. touches. Bring back AP. Bring back AP. Now, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for – I like Philly and Washington. Dallas, obviously, so uh. – has the best life. Why you say, uh, you hate this? I hate Philly. Philly stopped <laughs> us from having the first home super ever. Oh, that's right. Big dick Nick energy. Ever. And they just smacked us in Philly. But whatever, oh. you know, I moved past it. Yep. So we'll see. I think that, I think we could be having some, you know, Seahawk from like 2008 when they won nine games. I think that could be, that energy is hovering around this, the NFC East right now, the NFC least. I actually got Cowboys make a trade. I would money that boys are going to make a trade. Because Andy Dalton is not the answer. No. You know who they should trade for? I know Ryan, we, we talked we about, were, we talked about magic? Fitzpatrick, but you know who I think would actually be an even better one that I was thinking about? Kirk James, Cousins. Jameis Winston. Ooh. Trade for Jameis, who's just sitting behind Drew Brees, and they don't even use Jameis because they use Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. He's playing at the minimum this year. Dude, if Jameis went to them, they'd be throwing that ball all over the yard. He was – man, as long as you just don't turn the ball over. Just run the ball with Zeke and – There's so many weapons in Dallas. They got Ben DiNucci. Um, okay, so yeah, the Cowboys, we're no longer talking about them anymore. They're done for this year. Uh, some positive news for Mina and Brandon. Justin Herbert finally got his first win of the season. Looking really, really good. Uh, again, they were playing the Jaguars and Minshew, so it's expected to look good when you're playing them. But I wanted to ask either of you guys, who is the best rookie quarterback so far? And uh, are the Bengals regretting taking Burrow over Herbert, or is Burrow still the guy? Burrow. I would say Burrow because Herbert went to the better team. Yeah, I think so, too. What do you think, Marcus? On here, he's an absolute monster of a person. I think we're going to see Burrow get hit. Um, we're going to see both of them get hit. They're quarterbacks. But it's just the 
the team thing is a thing, like which team they got drafted by. I can understand that. But I mean, that, the numbers, no one's going to say anything about that because I like Herbert. He's just a monster of a person. And uh, I think we have yet to see even the best of him. I think that's a little bit to grow, but. Here, here's what I'll say about it. So look at this. So Joe Burrow comes into the Bengals. Um, AJ Green, who's not the same, badly injuries his whole life. Um, he has Tyler Boyd. And then um, T. Higgins right now. I would say that Joe Burrow doesn't have the same weapons that Herbert has. Mm -hmm. And Joe Burrow's still putting up these phenomenal numbers. Herbert has Keenan Allen. He has Henry. Um, he had had Eckler. And he's been putting up great numbers, of course, as well. But Burrow's in it with less talent. And Burrow, I think, is doing it in a harder division, too. A way harder division when you have Pittsburgh, and Baltimore. And, like, yeah, he has Joe Mixon, but Joe Mixon hasn't been producing. Joe no. Mixon got that contract, but he's not doing it. So I'd say Burrow, with he has less, and he's still putting up great numbers. Yeah. Even if he has to throw the ball 60 times. Oh, he's, yeah, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Oh, no, go I'm ahead. Just, I was just, I was just going to say Burrow's leading the NFL in pass attempts so far right now. Oh, yeah, so I was going to pick up something like that. It's like his team's always playing from behind at the same time, too, you know? So he's mm -hmm. throwing up a lot of things. Um, much respect to Burrow because I don't think Cincinnati even has a indoor practice stadium or indoor uh, a practice facility, right? Mm -hmm. Ohio gets pretty damn cold. So uh, respect to him, don't get me wrong, but I just think physically, mentally, and, you know, the numbers he's going to put up with his team and leading his team, because that's what we're going to look at at the end of the day is W's. Yeah, and that's just where I think Herbert is going to be the better player. Girl, yeah. though, he has that. I feel like he has the better mental because he went through all his trials and tribulations going through college. Like, you know, he was in Ohio State, um, was a backup, and then he goes to LSU and he finally started. He never gave up. Um, and no knock to Herbert. I know Herbert was killing it at Oregon. But look how Joe Burrow stepped into that situation and fucking won the Heisman. Yeah. And who thought he would have done that? And I just feel that to prove the Dallas wrong, regardless of being the first overall pick, is that he worked his way. I think he's going to continue to fight and let him get a strong weapon. As much, I would say, Herbert leans on a Keenan Allen. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow ain't got that. Keenan Allen is having, like, damn near 12 receptions most the majority of the games i know he was knocked out on one of the games but look how many targets he his pro bowl receivers getting aj green is the same dude to be so i'm not even gonna count aj green yeah well, he's gonna so, turn into it now <laughs> you hope he is <laughs> i i'm so a, i i agree burrow. alex i i burrow easily could have won that first game against the chargers and tyrod taylor they lost by a field goal at the end he easily could have beat Baker Mayfield both times. It came down to the end of that, both of those games. So he easily could already have four wins with what was the worst team last year. So didn't Bullock miss against the Chargers? Yeah, Bullock missed that field goal. So see, look, yeah. Herbie, man. Ah. <laughs> I honestly had more doubt for Herbert. Um, yeah, I saw the numbers at Oregon, but you know, the spread quarterbacks don't always translate to the nfl mm -hmm. so i didn't know what we we're gonna get but herbert's 
looks really good. He looks really, really good. Speaking of good quarterbacks, let's move to Sunday Night Football. Kirk Cousins. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the showdown in the desert in Arizona, which was arguably probably the best game of the weekend. Uh, best game of the season of so the season. far. Yeah, Seattle, Seattle versus Arizona, and uh, which would look like Russell Wilson, the MVP favorite, but – Kyler went shot for shot with him and Russ made one too many mistakes at the end of the game. That was a wild ending of that game. Um, thoughts on that final game? Uh, it was the best. I was when I was at the same time and mm-hmm. I like, the World Series, you know, the Dodgers playing. And I kept I caught myself flipping back to that. That's right. It was so that was the same night that it was what game four, right? The crazy game. Game five. Was, was game it game five? five? Okay, yeah, it was game, game five. five. Yeah, it was game five. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you guys are right. But either way, it was still insane sports night. Yeah, super exciting. And then once it got down to, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm telling uh, my girlfriend about like live betting, and I'm like, on Arizona, left in there down ten, and they end up making it happen with the sick onside kick. Mm-hmm. You know, pulling a little Pat McAfee, like the middle's open, and then. Uh, it was so much fun to watch. And then once it hit overtime, after, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I get a full quarter of free football right now. <laughs> it, was so, it was so great to watch. How scared would you be if DK Metcalf was chasing you, Alex? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, I felt like he was the spitting image of Julio Jones. Yeah. Because Julio Jones did that, too. DK is a specimen. Man, yeah. oh my God! Like when he took off after him, like it just like his whole body moving that fast just looked weird. Like, <laughs> and it was just cool to hear the mic'd up of Buda Baker. He was like, "How the fuck he catch me?" Yeah. <laughs> telling, he was like, "I couldn't see him, dog. The screen's right there." Yeah, <laughs> like up, then he's about to get you. And uh, that, and then I didn't get the point for the tackle. That was DK's worst game. I don't know how. Patrick Peterson was locking him up like that. Patrick Peterson being tore up. I was super, super thankful that AAB didn't go there because they were already dynamic with those two. And if you would have added Brown, that would have just been ugh, disgusting. Russell Wilson's 60 touchdowns. Did Kyler Murray, you think, uh, prove that he could be an MVP candidate in that game? I feel he's going to be in the conversation. Because mm-hmm. they're sitting at 5-2 and two now. On a touchdown, a rushing touchdown, is it Six games now. Yep. So I feel he's he's being the argument and like yeah like and crazy I like I know I see the stats but I DeAndre Hopkins is like just quietly killing it on that team. Yeah. Yeah. Of course we all know who he is. We know he's there. Like Murray is doing all these crazy highlights and then DeAndre Hopkins is quietly getting like ten and one fifty. Yeah. Every game, no one can guard him. And Larry Fitz, still the ageless wonder. He gets his catches. Yep. I, I wanted to bring up Larry Fitz because he pretty much won that game, honestly, with the time management he had going on. Yeah, when yeah. he ran that ball. Guy, he was, no, he was rushing rushing to whoever got tackled the ball, checking it with the ref real quick, and setting it before they could get down. And just such a veteran Larry Fitzgerald move to set yeah. a time for his team to get down and score. Because literally, usually the ball – fumbles around someone gets tossed around you're just sitting there waiting 15 seconds yeah he set up 
he set up that entire last field goal because he kept like two or three times he ran the ball all the way to the middle of the field for the ref. Oh yeah, every single time I know the entire playbook. Just go. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so Arizona, I think it sucks they lost. Well, not I'm a 49ers fan, so I hate them. But it sucks for football that they lost Chandler Jones because he was their best. Well, Buda Baker is their best defensive player, but Chandler Jones is right up there too. But their defense, I think that they're a better team than Seattle, even though Russ is probably better right now than uh, Kyler is currently in their uh, careers. But I think Arizona has a better defense, so they might be a problem if they play Seattle uh, in the playoffs. Well, what, what I'll give that to Seattle is that isn't Jamal Adams hurt? Yeah, he didn't play in that game. And he is a big piece. And did you hear what the news today? They just added Carlos Dunlap from the yep. Bengals. So I feel I feel those two teams are pretty evenly matched. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel that mm, I feel like it's down to on any given Sunday quarterback performance. Yeah, and whoever's the healthiest defensively, because mm-hmm. they both got stud quarterbacks in Kyler and that they both got stud safeties. Who would you take, Buda Baker or Jamal Adams? Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams. No, no doubt about it. Buda uh, Baker, man, he's a ball hawk. He's everywhere. He is. He, but I feel Jamal Adams doesn't get hawk. can do it. He can do it. <laughs> he will. I feel Jamal Adams can do it all because he's a big dude. He can do coverage and he can come up and beat the run. I'm not saying Buda Baker can't, mm-hmm. but but I guess then as well you can say, hey, Buda Baker's healthy. Yeah, that's true. So that was a great Sunday night game. We'll end the week right here. With uh, Monday Night Football, which was kind of a boring game compared to what Sunday night was. And the biggest thing I learned in Monday Night Football is that the Bears, I think, got exposed and are overhyped. You know, the Bears, there are six teams right now with five or more wins in the NFL. The Bears, including one of them, (laughs) every one of those teams has a positive plus or minus. The Bears are a minus two on the season they have been outscored more (laughs) than they have scored and somehow they are five and two what the hell is this bears team alex you're you're an nfc north supporter how the hell is this team winning games first of all i want to say fuck the bears and everything (laughs) about it uh but as well i don't know okay so i don't know if y'all know about like this game that all these kids are playing like with the imposter Mm-hmm. oh yeah they, they i don't know what the game is but they are the imposter like i didn't like, when, I, when i kept seeing their record improve and like when they were unbeaten for a second i was like hold the hell up first of all how are they unbeaten their team is trash uh i don't know what i don't even know how they got to five and two i felt like i closed like when it, was, it went from march to october i felt mm-hmm. that's how the bears went from Zero and zero to five and two. Like, what is going on in the NFL right now? Yeah. Um, they are imposters. I feel they're going to start losing. I feel like maybe they'll be lucky to get nine wins, I feel. Even being five and two. Does uh, Big Dick Nick still have some uh, BDE energy, Marcus? Or is it going to all fall apart for them? <laughs> BDE? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's... it's... Foles and everyone always says it. There's a version and a bad version. It's kind of whoever decides to show up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to put it too much on the Bears' talent as much as it is the play calling. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't. It's, it seems like there's a bunch of brilliant drawn-up plays, but not used strategically type of thing. You know. Yeah. And I think uh, also 
there was a, a stat. The punters are starting to become a big deal. I mean, they've been a big deal. Mm-hmm. But yeah. how many times did Hecker pin them within, you know, their own 15 or own 10? And that's an extra, I mean, the difference between the 50 and or the 20 and inside is another two first downs. Did you see that I mean, watermelon kick he was doing? Yeah, that's what everyone's <laughs> talking about right now. It's r- ridiculous. Shout but, out to Hecker. I have him. Sorry. Shout out to Hecker. I have him in the defense league <laughs> and he 25 points. Just want to say that. <laughs> but um, I don't count the bears out, especially when you have such a dominant player like Cleo Mack on, you know, their defense can literally do whatever he wants. David Montgomery is emerging. I think if uh, Nagy kind of gets his shit together and doesn't have his, uh, oh, my plays are just better than yours. So I can call whatever I want instead of, strategically calling a play and picking on some weak spots i think they'll be okay but do we uh, see do we see trubisky ever again this year no no i hope so i love mitch <laughs> what if the honest what if the cowboys trade for trubisky they they have Ooh, stupid I, i'm spending hundred dollars on my fab on him. <laughs> how many times is he gonna throw it to freaking zeke if he went there it'd be zeke all day but honestly <laughs> exactly. i feel with the the beer the Bears' biggest issue right now is their O-line. Nick's not getting protection. They're not producing for the running game. Like, of course, I'm Montgomery on fantasy. It's like he's getting all these touches, but the O-line can't create holes at all. Like, yeah, he might miss one here or there, but the watching the game, I watched multiple. I remember watching the Bucks game against the Bears. This game, they're not creating holes for Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Like the O-line's getting blown up. Nick, like the um. What the receiver name is Moody or something? Yeah, the fast guy. The morning Moody. Um, that, when he was wide open, Nick had to throw the ball before he even broke. Like he, when he did a little hezzy step and took off, Nick, Nick threw the ball before he even did that because yeah. the line's not protecting him. So if the line protected him, like look how Allen Robinson got involved. Look how Jimmy Graham got involved, and the other receivers are getting involved because he knows how to throw the ball more than ten yards. <laughs> so if the Bears O line can start doing something they might have a chance because they have some weapons they do have weapons we'll see we'll see if they're still the imposters in the second half of the season i mean not bad if you suck all year and you still win five games somehow so if they can figure <laughs> it out it's better than sitting there two and five and trying to figure it out so still fuck the bears so still fuck the bears all right, let's move into league news now. That was our Sunday and Monday recap. Let's talk about things that are pertained to our great league. A uh, couple, well, I wouldn't say a couple. There was a lot of trades and a lot of them involved Anthony and Cameron. <laughs> I started losing track throughout the week. Started off with them basically trading their entire teams to each other. Um, then Cameron traded uh, his best player, Allen Robinson, to Kyle for Antonio Brown. And then he ends up trading Alex Antonio Brown immediately after that. I have no clue what Cameron's doing with his team right now. He's 0-7. And, and Anthony kind of, I don't know what he did to his team because it looks completely different and it's all injured. So they were the, the big traders this week, but I don't know if much of that worked. They both lost. Um, Cameron only has three players left on his roster from the draft. Uh, you guys have any uh, words of wisdom to Cameron sitting at 0-7? Thank you for AB. <laughs> Marcus? I also want to say thank you to those three for pretty much sponsoring all the alcohol for next league uh, draft weekend. 
Yeah. Because that's a lot of money flowing through there with what those guys have been going back and forth with. A lot of mo- a lot of money spent for them three to go zero and three this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't Cameron's. I feel like just embracing the sack already. He was zero and seven. Yeah. He knows the season's over. Um, Anthony. I don't know what he's doing, man. He he had that Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, traded Chase Edmonds. Kenyon Drake's down. He traded Nick Chubb away. Uh, Anthony is looking to be in that bottom five right now. Yeah. It's rough, rough right now for him. He's, he, he's And it doesn't help that he's in your division, which right now is the toughest division in the league. We were tough. The tough, uh, We are tough still, but Anthony's not making us look good. Uh, another uh, interesting fact from this week Kyle and Gabe squared off and both of them decided to go kickerless this week Uh, both their kickers were on a bye and they both have the number one and number two ranked kicker and neither of them wanted to drop them so they just said (laughs) fuck it and neither of them started a kicker Awesome. I wonder if it was like a deal like, hey, man, I'm not picking somebody up. Are you not going to pick somebody up? Exactly. I wonder that. I really wonder that, too. When I saw that, like I was swiping through and I was like, wait, both of their kickers aren't by. Like, <laughs> do they, do they like say, I'm not going to get the kicker. Well, I won't get a kicker either. Fuck it. I was waiting for one of them to like last minute add a kicker to try to screw the I'm other one over. Sure, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, but Gabe ended up with the victory on that one. Shout out to you, Gabe. Sorry, Kyle. Another heartbreaking loss. Um. Some low lights here. Andrew, who started three and zero, has now lost four in a row. Is now sitting at three and four. He's only a game out of his division, but man, first month was great, and that stock price has dipped hardcore. Um, but he is embracing Joe Burrow, so he he uh, he's watched a lot of Bengals games this year, and he's going all in on Burrow. Do you think that was a smart move of him to get rid of Matt Ryan and ride, ride Burrow, or should he have stuck with the veteran, Alex? Um, I'm not sure what he got in that deal. So is that the deal? That's he got the Chubb? deal he got Chubb. Yeah. Um, depends on how many um, games Chubb continues to miss. Mm-hmm. Burrow's the number 12 quarterback. He's putting up great numbers. Yeah. He had his low game against Baltimore. He did 4.32. But other than that, his net is 0.1. So other than that one, four point game he'd be a top 10 quarterback easily. yeah so i feel that it was a smart move he got nick chubb who knows he if he stays afloat and then nick chubb comes back genius move exactly yeah this was the long the long play i think so um fab moves this week we got a man here who spent some cheddar this week alex was the leader in money spent this week, $75 on the Seattle backfield. Talk us through those decisions, Alex. Um, so, of course, I have um, Antonio Gibson and James Robinson both on buys. And you never know in fantasy, uh, fantasy football. I know I'm playing Cameron this week. <laughs> but I was like, you know, I, I want to still ensure that I win and I want to get points. And looking at Chris Carson's hurt, Hyde's hurt, um, even Homer's hurt. And then they're talking about the rookie playing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to just take the rest of that backfield because I know the other, the top two are hurt. Let me get three and four just in case. I finally decided to drop Cam Akers. I sat him all, all season, waiting to see when he starts playing, but he ain't going to play. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I, I just wanted to ensure that I had a second running back. 
Yeah, and the Seattle backfield is starting to look like the 49er backfield where everybody's getting hurt. So it's better to just have a piece of it because you never know who could be the starter. Truly, and especially, you know, grabbing these two and say they said they said for Chris Carson, it's not about the ankle injury. It's more about the motion he's able to do. Mm-hmm. And then um, so who knows? He's He's been banged up multiple times this season already. So is Hyde. I've already seen injury designations on both of them. So to grab the other two, hey, trade deadlines coming up. Who knows? People might get a little desperate. I, I got some good depth on monsters, so you never know. There you go. The other uh, big acquisition was Mina spent $24 on Richard Higgins, who was looking like the replacement to OBJ there. And Dan popped his cherry. This was Dan's first bid that he won. He bid $32 uh, on Scotty Miller, who this week will, you know, be decent for him. But long term, that'll be a question if uh, AB takes that job or not. Um, Marcus, are people spending too much money still? (laughs) <laughs> they're always spending too much money chris <laughs> alex what the fuck are you thinking dude <laughs> rb three and four on their own team when they're going back and it's like i mean i get it cameron this week kind of makes it a little worse because you should win that game easily that's your plan right cameron yeah you probably should win that game i think you spent too much you're in a great spot your team's playing well you have a you're leading your division but you spent a lot of money on them, which you over over half of what you had left, right? And you could run into some problems towards the end going into playoffs where you're fighting for that one or two seed to get the buy, and all of a sudden you're out of fab bucks because you wanted to spend money on these guys for one week against the last place Sacco team. I mean, I'm not gonna hate on it, but I just think you could have got those guys for like 15 bucks. Well, I wasn't sure what people were gonna spend, knowing that a lot of people spent a lot of money and to that point, I, and I understand what you're saying, but I just, I'm just going to this. So I have three starting running backs, four starting receivers. They all can't play. So I have depth regardless. So I'm like, when am I going to spend this money? I have two of my starting running backs on a bye later on because someone's going to be on the bench. I have, and all those in my top three running backs are all top 25 running backs, or I would say top 22. Um, I have four stud receivers. Might as well just drop it now just to, ensure I get more points this week because Cam Akers wasn't going to play. I don't want to start him and get zero. And you never know what decided to magically go off. So I'd be embarrassed right now to lose to Cameron with the strong team. <laughs> oh, no, I, I get it. I get it. But yeah, Chris, everybody did overspend. I love seeing everybody blowing their load on, uh, on people on fab again, to Alex's point, you can't take it with you. So you might as well spend uh, yeah. it when you can. Because what am I waiting for? I, I like if Tom Brady, for God forbid, if he went down, I have Dick uh, Carr as well in Oakland, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, my my receivers are stacked, my running backs are stacked. So I'm like, you know what? I got two of them on a bye. Let me just try to get the guy who might start. This was the, this, this was the first week I didn't even put in a bid. I was just like, everybody, please spend all of your money. Oh yeah, I was the same thing. <laughs> Dan's bid is crazy, though, to go for Scotty Miller like that when AB's on the way. Yeah, he's getting one week out of him. Well, he, it makes a little bit more sense to me. It's because he has Chris Godwin. So he's like, it's like insurance for him. And Godwin hurt his finger. So he could be. And I'm so glad because 
I had sent Dan a trade for Godwin. I don't think he ever saw it, and I deleted it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, thank God I didn't get Godwin because he's been <laughs> dealing with injuries all year. Speaking of injuries, let's go into the COVID corner slash injury club over here and touch on all these people that have been hurt or got sick this week. Last week, uh, the big names were Aaron Jones, uh, Joe Mixon, and Michael Thomas, who God knows if Michael Thomas is ever going to play football again for the Saints. Um, They were out. Um, Emmanuel Sanders was out. He got COVID. So the Saints were just down two of their main weapons. Reichwell Armstead, who Hayden's been holding on his IR spot all season, his season's officially over. He got COVID, I think, for the second time and was put in the hospital. And they said he, his season's over with. So, Jesus, that sounds awful for Reichwell. Again, that's good news, though, for you, Alex, meaning that he's not going to be coming back to take uh, your boy's job down in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, also, more injuries. Devontae Freeman gets hurt on Thursday. That sucks for Andrew. Hurts his ankle. Deshaun Jackson, man, this one really annoyed me. His first game back, the Eagles are finally getting weapons. And on a BS punt, he gets rolled up, and he's now on IR. His season might be over because his ankle got all fucked up. Poor Deshaun. Man, he was, he's was he been in the league forever since we were, like, in high school. Um, he's done. Yeah. Jack Rabbits. Yep, Jack Rabbits. We, we touched on OBJ. His season's over after that attempted tackle on an interception done for the season one one thing i want to say about obj Uh what kind of tackle was that he jumped like he was a ninja warrior i don't know (laughs) what he was doing because i didn't see the play initially so when i saw the replay and you see him jump like that i was Mm -hmm. like yeah they're saying because oh baker threw the interception why the hell did you jump like that have you never tackled someone before yeah your receiver just take their go for their leg go for their legs like he ju- he jumped and dove and then came down wrong on his leg. It's like, why did you jump like that? Yeah, he tried <laughs> he tried to monkey it and jump on his back. Just try to take his legs out, dog. You're you're a star receiver. You, who cares if you miss the tackle? You don't play defense. I feel so bad because uh, Baker started that game zero and five after with that interception. Game. Yeah. With and then from the point OBJ tears his ACL, Baker literally goes like 22 for 23. And the only incompletion was a spike. He hey, bore it really up shit. after that. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of the Browns, focus on them. another injury, an ex-player on Alex's team, Austin ooh, Hooper, ooh. appendicitis. He's going to be out probably for a second week. I don't know why Cameron made a trade for him, I guess, because he has Harrison Bryant. God knows. He's out though, <laughs> Austin Hooper. Well, I could, the only thing I'll say to that is that when by the time Brown plays, that's when Hooper should be back because mm-hmm. they're saying at first one week, but they're like, well, now we'll probably keep him out too. So he's gonna get Austin Hooper back, who Anthony should have never dropped. I don't know he dropped. Him yeah, I, I don't know why. I jumped at it. as soon as I saw Hooper, I jumped at that, and then Keo dropped Randall Cobb, who's been emerging in the Texans offense. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why he he accepted the trick because I I wasn't trying to rape him because who knows how Branson to come back I think he could, I'm banking on it, but I can understand why he's he's losing he he's getting more depth. The part that made me just question everything was he traded Allen Robinson and Chase Edmonds to Kyle for AB and then trades AB to you for Randall Cobb and Austin Hooper, which basically means the trade was Allen Robinson and Chase Edmonds for Randall Cobb and Austin Hooper. I don't know what the hell Cameron's thinking. Is Cameron okay? <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's my boy. <laughs> that's my boy. Ugh. 
Continuing with the injuries, now moving again, we just touched on, we said uh, Chase Edmonds, Kenyon Drake hurts his ankle. That's going to be a long recovery. Do you think he's coming back? Uh, probably not till later in the season. That's probably six weeks for Kenyon Drake. That looks bad. He got carted off. Um, Chris Carson also hurts his foot in that night game. Again, Alex grabbed some of the backups there. And as we mentioned, Chris Godwin fractures his finger. He's going to be out this week. And then the two big ones for the 49ers, poor Jeff Wilson Jr., who Hayden left on his bench, uh, just tears the Patriots apart. And then on the last touchdown he scores, he gets his ankle rolled up on him. He is now going to be out for what looks like a month. And Debo Samuel, on the last like play of the like drive in the fourth quarter, he hurts his hamstring. Thank God it wasn't his foot that he broke, but the the injury train never ends for the 49ers. It never ends for the season, man. I don't I don't know if there's like a, a stat or a record going on right now about how many people probably we have drafted that and how many compared to how many weeks they're missing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had what the week two terror. Yeah, that oh my god, yeah. Got every single team and now seeing all this, it's just it, it could be a possible thing of, you know, hate to say it, but no preseason games. You know, just building up that speed and stuff and getting back to playing shape. Yeah, missing the reps, you know. The, mm-hmm. the, you can practice all you want against your own team, but you're not going to try to hurt your own team. No. Um, so that those full speed, you get like the first five series or whatever. Then the second game, you get a quarter. Third game, you get a half. They didn't get none of that this year. So they just they went from practice to full speed, and it didn't work out too good for no. people. I think you made the, a good point earlier, Alex, where you said it. We're, I think we're now, what, week eight we're coming on, so that we're about two months in, which now I think we're going to start seeing players in, like, what normally would be their peak post-training camp and preseason form because mm-hmm. nobody had any of that off-season stuff. And now that we're around seven weeks in, this is about, like, how long it would be with training camp and preseason. So, like you said, with Tom Brady and these guys rounding into form, we finally, hopefully, won't see many more injuries in the second half. Especially guys on new teams. Yeah. Cool. So that's the that's the COVID corner, injury corner. Uh, the Houston Texans just tested positive for COVID, but they're on a bye week this week. So that doesn't affect anybody. But hopefully, by next week, everybody's healthy for them to play if you have a Texan. Um, let's move into – we're right about to give out the awards. I want to touch on some last random facts. Uh, trade deadline, one week from this Friday, November 6th, that is at midnight. So there was a lot of trades last week. I'm sure there's going to be a lot uh, going forward. You got one week, everybody, get those deals. And if you guys been uh, working the phones, trying to make some moves? You didn't even read my trade, but I pulled it off already. You just pulled off a trade right now? No, I, I had sent you a trade uh, yesterday, but you never read it. And then I deleted Oh, no, it. I saw it, and I was mulling it, and then you deleted it. Yeah, I, 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 I gave you an offer, man. I know. Uh, Marcus, have you uh, been presented with anything or have you reached out to anybody? Oh, I've, been, I've been throwing shit and hoping it sticks. Like, <laughs> there you go. Just, just watching all these other trades go through, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to start throwing shit out there and hoping it goes. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been, I've been on everybody like, oh, Gio's starting this week. And I'm honestly, <laughs> I put out a few with like Robert Woods and stuff. He underperformed this week. Mm-hmm. So it kind of hurt a little bit, but um, I've been throwing things out there, seeing if anything sticks. I I like my team. It's just you know, bad luck happens sometimes, you know. Yeah, 
I agree. Uh, what I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask this question to Shane when I was recording with him last week, but we never got to it. But I'll ask you guys this: What would you prefer, or, or what would be more annoying to you, or what would you like rather happen to your team? Would you rather a player just go off and have like a Jeff Wilson styled week on your bench, and you get no points? and you lose possibly because of that or would you rather that player go on free agency be in free agency and then have to bid and compete for that player um would you rather it be going off on your team and then knowing you have him there but annoyed that you lost or he just goes off on free agency i think it's better for the league if he goes off agency Uh because then i get to watch everybody go absolutely ace shit and overpay for everything and i get to have my little Marcus financial, <laughs> financial, Fab financial advice. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just so much fun to watch. And then uh, just to have the whole league. And then I'm sitting here talking on a, another Wednesday going this dumbass spent $102. <laughs> that's going off for one week, you know, mm-hmm. Alex, what about you? Um, to be honest, Unless it was just like a fluke, I'd rather have them on my roster already and mm-hmm. take that L. Just because, like, say you underbid. Mm-hmm. That's always the worst. Like, say, like, oh, I put up 25 Wait, I got outbidded for $50. What the hell? Like, mm-hmm. So I feel that if he was on my bench and lost, I'd be like, okay, well, thank God I at least have him for later on. Yeah. Because who knows if you're going to get him in free agency bid. I've already gotten several texts this season of people that have been outbid by $1 and they were already furious. So I was Mike Davis. (laughs) I had, I had a $64 up for Mike Davis and I was like, no, I'm not going to spend that much on him and put 40 bucks and Marcus won him. Damn. Yeah. So I always, I always get so mad when a guy goes off on my bench, but uh, at least then he's on your team. Uh, Another random stat. We were talking about the Steelers and Titans. I came across this stat. I didn't read it last week, but there's their matchup. They're both five and zero when they played. It was only the sixth time in NFL history that uh, two five and zero teams faced off against each other, and all five times prior, the winner of that matchup went to the Super Bowl. So Ooh. technically, the Steelers are the favorites to go to the Super Bowl right now because they won that matchup. Um, but I want to ask you the question, what is the best division right now in football? Who is better? Is it the AFC North or is it the NFC West? The AFC North has the 6-0 and Steelers, the 5-1 and Ravens, the 5-2 and Browns, but the lowly one-win Bengals, whereas the NFC West has the 5-1 and Seahawks, 5-2 and Cardinals, 5-2 and Rams, and 4-3 and 49ers. NFC West easily. West? I'd say NFC West for sure, because regardless, the 49ers are still above 500 with a banged up ass team. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, yeah, and then I would say that as well. The Cardinals are explosive. The um, Seahawks are super dangerous, and the Rams don't look terrible. Like I don't know what helped the Bears get to with their record, but Jared Goff was just threading needles on that defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say NFC West is pretty pretty dominant in the belt right now. How about you, Marcus? I, I'm going completely opposite again. It's the AFC North. <laughs> um, you you get like, okay, I, I understand those records of each team or whatever, but the Bengals have been so many close ones and they're the worst team in there. 
And I'll put up the Bengals against some of those teams, which I think they could come out with a win. They're just learning their things. But if you look at the, the NFC West, they're running through the NFC East and they're absolutely obliterating that super shitty of a division. I mean, the Rams, the Rams beat all four NFC East teams and that's why their record one isn't the, what are they five and two right now? Yeah. Yeah. And so they have one win. That's not an NFC East team, which isn't anything too much to brag about. Uh, 49ers got hot a few times, I think, but their team's depleted. They're not the same team they were at all anymore. The Seahawks and Cardinals do look good. Their offenses are explosive. They're fun teams to watch. But I just don't see them – I don't see them in the Super Bowl. You know, I see the Steelers easily in the Super Bowl. I see the Ravens easily in the Super Bowl. And the Browns are just being a great little brother, really, to the AFC North right now. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that the, the better offenses live in the NFC West, but the, the dominant defenses are in that North. And yes. when it comes to the end of the season, the defense usually prevails. Um, the Browns defense, I've, I have them this year, and they're number 14. Yeah, they're pretty good. Because um, Miles Garrett's blown this league up right now. Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, and then all those uh, D linemen and DBs in uh, Baltimore. Marlon Humphrey, he's probably the best corner besides Stephon Gilmore in the NFL. He's so good. Well, and man, with Jalen Ramsey's pretty good too, but. And with Marcus Peters on the other side. Yeah. So those are two really good divisions. Uh, I would not be surprised to see one of those one of those in the Super Bowl from either one. One, one from each, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, another stat, again, this didn't happen, but Joey Sly almost set the NFL record for a field goal, 65 yards. I thought he was going to make it. Uh, he w- They would have tied up the Saints in that game. Uh, empty stadium, and they went for it. Uh, freaking Teddy Two Gloves, if he doesn't get sacked, I think the uh, the Panthers were going to tie that game and maybe win in overtime, and he gets sacked, and they decide to go for the 65-yard field goal, and he misses it by a freaking hair. Um, so he didn't set the record, but he almost set the record. And then Sunday was National Tight End Day, 1025, mm-hmm. and I did the math. 12 tight ends scored touchdowns, a bunch of random-ass ones. And George, <laughs> George Kittle last year created the tight end belt that goes to the champ on tight end day. And uh, they say whoever scores the most fantasy points wins the belt. And of course, who wins it? A rookie. Harrison Bryant gets the belt for the Cleveland Browns, filling in for Austin Hooper. He had 17.6 fantasy points, scored two touchdowns for Baker Mayfield again for Cameron's damn team against me. Thought I was going to lose because of that damn rookie. But uh <laughs> Hats off to Harrison Bryant, the tight end of the week, getting the belt, National Tight End Day. I love Tight End Day. Every day should be Tight End Day, right, Marcus? It really should be. That made that made a roster move for me because Gerald Everett was playing on Monday, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Monday's not Tight End Day. Today's <laughs> Tight End Day. Yeah. So I chopped him, and I put fans in <laughs> just for that specific reason. Yep. Nice. I love Tight End Day, even though Kittle didn't score, but he still had a decent game. Okay. That was our – long-winded recap but it was a lot of fun stuff talking about here now let's finish up the episode and give out these awards um how about let's start it off alex you have you have the awards too as well because we like to go around cool you start us off alex uh, and then i'll go and then i'll have marcus go and we'll go in a circle okay all right well with the mvp this week bitch ass rookie beat my boy tb (laughs) i like a point and a half. Justin Herbert put up 38.48 
for Mr. Brandon Morales with 347 yards, three touchdowns, 66 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown. Homie went off against the weak Jacksonville Jaguars. Yep. And he got Brandon a win and the Chargers, uh, well, not their first win, but his first win in the his NFL. First win. So hats off to you, Brandon. I text, I was texting Brandon during the week and I'm like, how much do you just jerk off knowing that your fantasy team has, you have your charger quarterback for your fantasy team. And he's just like in love with Justin Herbert now after he talked so much shit about him at the draft. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Going on, let's give out the beast mode award. This award is going to go to the man to my left on my screen. Um, Marcus Polares huge win it was on a five game skid after getting that first win of the season and gets his second win in dramatic fashion 144.42 points scored dominating win for my man over here Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams carrying his team uh the Kansas City defense after having a poor went week off. earlier went off with more than multiple pick sixes for you mm-hmm. and Devontae Adams uh was just unguardable um, oh yeah, they had no, they had nothing. Aaron Rodgers underthrew him by like four or five yards and still <laughs> yeah. scored a touchdown. Yeah, so huge win for you. You're back in the win column and back in the race. You're only a game, I think, uh, or two games maybe out of the wild card spot. So you're yeah, you so still I, got life. I just got to get on a run. That's all. Mm-hmm. I think luck was on my side too. Todd Gurley tried not to score and he scored. Yeah, <laughs> adding those points. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, though, one of my favorite awards is the Robert Muldoon Award for uh, Clever Girl. Coming from the Clever Girly is Mina over Hayden at 48.24 point differential. And Jeff Wilson on the bench going off would have helped it. I don't know if Hayden wouldn't have won still. Nope. But you would have got uh, not eaten alive by a raptor sitting in the bushes. Yep. Played him. I thought I was ready to totally make fun of Hayden on this pod because Mina was barely uh, beating him and uh, or actually he was losing to Hayden, but Hayden would have looked like secured the win. But Mina had both Kyler Murray and uh, Tyler Lockett, Tyler Lockett in the night game. And they both went for like 30 something. Yeah. <laughs> it was insane. So Clever girl eating alive, Hayden. All right. So then next we have the participant. Um, pars- okay, I'm gonna speak right now. Participation award uh, for the man who makes all these moves and no one ever knows what he's doing. <laughs> but Mr. Anthony <laughs> Martinez scored a season low, thirty nine point four two, and I gotta say that was very pitiful and a sad day for this man. <laughs> very very sad day um i looked it up it wasn't the lowest scoring in league history but it how was close definitely he was uh six points away <laughs> damn like that's mm-hmm. freaking it, justin herbert put up almost as many points as his team i yeah it was it was bad he had cam newton who scored him negative <laughs> justin herbert and a freaking extra point could have be anthony yeah. Oh, it's going to get worse. Anthony, your name is going to be coming up here a little bit more. So mm-hmm. congrats on that. Thank you for participating award. Um, this next award is normally the game of the week award that we give out, but this week there weren't very many really good close games. So I decided to rename this award for the week 
the Rachel Phelps trying to tank and move my team out of Cleveland because I'm tired of being the Indians owner. If you've ever seen the movie Major League, she's the horrible (laughs) owner who wants to uproot the uh, team. And I wanted to focus on two shitty teams this week. So this Rachel Phelps shout out award goes to Shane and Anthony for what was the worst matchup of the entire year. Shane barely scoring 71.98 points, but it was enough to beat Anthony's piss poor performance. Three or four other teams scored more points than this team. These two teams combined this week. So I did did. pathetic showing from both of you two. (laughs) I I texted Shane and I said, you should just, you should get a loss this week too. Like you both should just get losses. No one should have got a win from that. (laughs) So the Rachel Phelps inaugural award for the shitty matchup of the week that goes to uh, Shane and Anthony. All right. Now our next one up. Uh, my favorite award is the never going to give you up. Never going <laughs> to let you down. Uh, Anthony, you've made this list three times tonight. <laughs> the Rick Astley award goes to you, my friend, for never giving up, though. You make three trades this week and have the worst performance of any team this season. But you're still here. You're still grinding. I know you're still out there making trades. And we're all thankful for it because that's going to buy a lot of bottles of champagne for next year's draft. Mm. Um, never give up, man. I, I, I could dig it. I'm expecting a few more trades before the deadline. Exactly. Play spoiler over there. Yep. He's not out of it. He's a three and four, so he can still maybe make some moves. Uh, his oh, season's yeah. not over. He just needs to get healthy and uh, – the funny thing, Anthony, and you're going to hate this, I went back and looked at all the people you traded away. You would have won this week if you didn't make any trades. <laughs> so brutal, brutal week for you. But hats off for the Rick Astley Award. Um, <laughs> loser. Loser. All right. Let's, uh, those are all our awards, guys. Great week seven. Let's preview week eight, and we'll get out of here. Week eight, I want to say happy Halloween, everybody, because Saturday Ooh. is Halloween. All Hallows Eve. I don't know. Uh, hopefully, you guys all have good uh, full moon events coming on. I don't even know if people are. Tra- are you guys going trick or treating, Marcus? Are you? No, we're we're going to be out dressed out in the front yard. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend loves making really cool costumes. Yeah. So we're going to be out there dressed up and kind of just hanging out. So if you guys don't have anything to do, the whole like you guys are welcome to come hang out if you want. Anybody mm-hmm. listening to this? Alex, are you guys going trick or treating with the little ones, or are you guys just kind of just de- dressing up? Um, well, actually, they're going to be with their dad this weekend, but uh, oh, okay. we're going <clears throat> we're going to go to my girl's sister's house, and they're having a Halloween party. So nice, breaking COVID a little. There you go. Um, I'm I'm tempted to. I tried to get my brother. To, my brother uh, has a my nephew who's five now, and I was trying to get him to come out here because I live down the street from all the rich ass studio execs, and I swear oh. they pass out king size candy bars. Um, but my brother's doing something else in Riverside. I'm contemplating even just putting on my Mike Myers mask and going getting king size candy bars from all the Might as well. I know. Um, like I'm just tall. Exactly. Yeah, I'm just a tall. I'm just a tall kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, happy Halloween to everybody. Hope you guys have a good weekend. And then we got football on Sunday. The bye weeks this week: Cardinals, Jaguars, Texans, and Washington football team. So adjust your guys' lineups. Um, I'll ask you guys, if you guys want to highlight some matchups, I'm going to read the ones I wrote down, but if you want to think of one or look at one, I'll let you guys go after me. But the two I wanted to highlight were, um, 
myself and Shane square off this week. Again, it looks like a homer pick for me, but the two teams with the two highest records playing each other this week, both in first place in their divisions. So uh, Shane, I'm looking forward to a squaring off with you this week. The other one I wanted to highlight was uh, Brandon and Hayden squaring off. They're the two second place teams in their divisions and uh, they're both four and three. And if you look at their projections, it might change by tomorrow, but at least by tonight, it is literally a 0.1 point differential between their matchup. I think it's like 102.3 to like 102.2 or something crazy like that. Wow. So they have a super tight matchup and everything. Any matchups you guys want to highlight this week? Uh, I'm going to throw out my own matchup. It's the Marcus versus Marcus Bowl. Yeah. Um, I got a lot to fight for. I'm trying to keep it in it. Marcus has a pretty decent team. He outbid me for Mike Davis. We could be completely fit, uh, flipped right now. And our projections are pretty close also. We're probably both going to be around 108 when all is said and done. 108, 110 mm-hmm. once our rosters are filled out. But looking forward to this matchup, hoping to be the better Marcus. The Marcus Bowl. That's right. Your guys is also, it's like one point differential in your guys' projection. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm looking forward to that one too. Alex, how about yourself? All right. So, um, you know, I never want to, you know, any given Sunday can happen. Of course, I'm playing Cameron. Mm-hmm. But um, the one I'm looking at is going to be Dan versus Mina. Me, uh, Dan is projected to beat him by 2.2 points. And Mina actually is sitting atop of the Pineapple Express division. So I'm hoping for Mina to catch a loss because I'm one game behind. Where He's on a six-game winning streak. I'm on a five-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. So I need a loss. I need Dan to come through for me and uh, knock me off. There you go. Mina was supposed to get that L last week when he didn't have either of his running backs, and he was still somehow able to beat Hayden. So shame on you, Hayden. You didn't even have Aaron Jones or Miles Sanders, and he still he, beat you. It's, it's hard to hate, though. He put up 131. He did. He did. He <laughs> had a big week, thanks to Kyler. Um, so we're – officially going to be hitting the midway point this week week eight guys everyone's still in it cameron that's you too if you can rip off seven in a row um but we're going to wrap up the pod here this was a a long episode but a fun episode we touched on a lot of stuff in this episode um i hope you guys had a good good uh recording session i did too minus the two like two or three blackouts where i got booted out of the conversation but i'll let you guys end this thing with your final words marcus you want to start us off um, good luck to everybody. I'm rooting for a lot of the underdog teams this week because I need some underdog teams to win to get all this to get everybody around 500 to try to get some playoff things in. Hopefully, we can get this down to a uh, points four type of deal. You know, it gets down to a points deal. But go underdogs. Go underdogs, Alex. Um, I just want to say that uh, my team's looking good. Five game winning streak. Um, getting some buys out here and there. And you know what? I do want to shoot down one thing. Remember at the Jurassic Park get together, Marcus was like, Oh, I have all my buys on the same week. It's strategy. Lost back to back, baby. <laughs> and then um wait, me? La- no, Marquis. Sorry, Marquis. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was saying like he had all his buys, so he's like, take the L and he took two L's back to back. So I don't know if it was uh, the best strategy. Mm-hmm. And then here it is, guys. A league exclusive. Ooh. I'm going to be a dad. My girl's six weeks pregnant. Oh, let's go. <laughs> a league exclusive right there. Hey, dropping that on the. A lead exclusive. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Congrats, dude. 
That's wow. so cool. That's so great. Oh my gosh. Who cares about football now? How the hell are we supposed <laughs> to end the damn episode on that? <laughs> Drop it on the league podcast. Wow. I love it, dude. That's league so awesome. Exclusive. That's yeah. awesome. Congrats, man. That's so amazing. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, you guys are going to get a surprise tomorrow when you listen to this. I hope you guys enjoy the pod. And if anything, you'll get great news at the end of it, even if this whole us three talking was a bunch of bullshit. But uh, I had had a lot of fun with these guys. Thank you guys so much for being on. And we'll wrap this thing up. Great. Have a great Halloween, everybody. And a good week eight. Peace out.